She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. There's a small monster in my brain that controls my doubt. There are monsters in the sea. Why is Santa fucking bullying Rudolph? But I just want to go to that Halloween party that sounded like a blast. But it's very Hannah Montana. I'm not going to fight with that word right now. Shut your rolling eyes face. Are your, is your eyeshadow green? It's green glitter. You usually do pinks. That's cute. I like it. Well, I was in a Christmas parade this morning with my kids for Cub Scouts. I was trying to be festive. It doesn't match our uniforms at all. But it's it's Christmas-y. it was pretty. It's pretty. So uh, speaking of Christmas, I, I my legs hurt <laughs> from the parade. <laughs> I bet I don't do the outs or the people or the things. There was but. a lot of extroverting and like now I'm really tired and we're filming the pod and I'm like I'm extroverted out, but it's fine. It's fine. It's I fine. don't. I, well, I don't. I don't like extroverting. We did um, last night. We went to a friend's daughter's play, um, middle school mm-hmm. musical Moana Junior. Um, the kids were very talented. I was impressed with the level of talent. Yeah. And then I learned they all went, go to, um, the same studio my girls go to. A lot of those kids go to the same, mm. and theater studio that my girls like to go to. And mm. then I'm like, oh, that math adds up. That's why there's a lot of talent there because they've yeah. been training since they were, you know, in diapers. Yeah. So. Well, this episode is going to be live if you're listening to this episode right now tomorrow is my birthday (laughs) which is but you sent me a gift but i did but i did i sent you a gift this is a christmas present for molly which Which she saved to open so we could open it live on the pod matt definitely peaked because he's nosy and he goes, nothing's (laughs) broken after he looked at it well i'm glad about that because it is breakable so (laughs) So, um, let's see. Oh, well, it's a coffee mug. That's definitely breakable. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, April! It's beautiful! Thank you! Yay. And it's gonna hold two cups of coffee! That's a big motherfucker! I love that! Yeah, I got you the jumbo size. You have to describe it, Molly. This is a podcast. <laughs> you can't see the pictures? So, um, on the back it says, I fucking miss you, bitch, which is accurate. Yeah, And then on the other side is um, a picture of Virginia and a picture of Texas. And each of them have a heart and our names on it. And it's in our colors. The little turquoise and the dark greens. Like It's almost like I got to personalize it that way. <laughs> right? Etsy for the win. Etsy I love Etsy. for the W. It's small, beautiful. Small businesses and crafters uh, use Etsy, not sponsored. <laughs> Again, hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored. Um, <laughs> what was I going to talk about? I, I feel like the day that we actually become a sponsored pod, literally all we're going to do is be like, and by the way, sponsored by. <laughs> like, Did you guys remember we're sponsored by? Did you remember? Did you just, remember? Just a reminder, we're sponsored by. <laughs> um, so this week, I did something I haven't done in a while. Okay, what'd you do? I have a new notebook and a folder out. You're writing again! Yay! Um, I did send you my premise, which... Yeah. I had a dream, and that's where that came from. That has been obviously edited down. Stephanie but, Myers um, created a fandom from a dream, so... Um, this is gonna be cool, I think. If yeah. I can just, like, science yeah. the hell out of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she, Molly sent a text message with the, the beginnings of the story to nurse Katie and I, in our epic group chat. And, uh, <laughs> we really Katie, need to call it that. <laughs> yes. Nurse Katie and I were like, uh, yes, let's read more. Where's the rest? <laughs> and I spent the day developing characters and not sure. writing a damn. That's, a, that's still writing. That's an important part of writing. I agree. Um, so we have, are moving on from Harry Potter. <laughs> Finally! We did four hours, two episodes, four hours of Harry Potter. And I'm now done with Harry Potter. Forever. Forever. Until Sammy gets into it. And now... (laughs) 
we are reading Eliza and Her Monsters by Francesca Zappia. Um, and this is today's book. Um, I suggested this book because I read it last year and I really loved it. And it's so um, I suggested it for the pod because like, it's not one that like a lot of people know. I think it has a good fandom. I'm surprised it's not. Yeah. I think, I think that she's more, I mean, she is obviously a published author, but she's more of an independent author. And so those don't, you know, necessarily have the same traction. Like right. Rain, Rainbow Rowell writes Fangirl, which is about, you know, a fandom, fandom. as well. However, Rainbow Rowell already had two books under her belt, you right. know. Um, so uh, I really enjoyed this book. And so I wanted Molly to read it because I love it. And if you are a follower of the pod who reads along with us, which we do have quite a few people that are doing that. Um, Kudos for keeping up with us, BT Dub. I don't think they're actually keeping up with us as much as it's like they're behind a few episodes so that they can catch up. But this is one that if you're thinking, oh, I'll just skip that one. Don't skip it. Don't skip it. No. Don't skip um, Eliza. She's great. I was hesitant at first because you're hit with cliches right away. But Mm -hmm. um, the further I got in, the more I fell in love. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. I can call out cliches. No. I don't have to agree with the cliches, but there was cliches. I can see that there were some cliches, but um, <laughs> we'll talk about it. Right. So can I give a little synopsis? Please. Thank All you. Right. So Eliza Merck is a senior in high school and she created um, <clears throat> uh, Monstrous Sea. And Monstrous Sea is an online comic that has been going on for a few years and started small um, until somebody found it on Reddit and shared it on Reddit. And it kind of sparked this huge fandom and huge following. The thing about Eliza is that nobody actually knows that she's the creator of Monster And a high school student. And a high school student. And a woman. Um, Nobody knows her identity. Uh, She uses the pin name Lady Constellation, which is a nod to one of the characters. Um, And uh, basically, her creation has a huge fandom. Massive. Massive. And somehow she's been able to keep the secret. In addition to that, uh, there's a new boy at her school named Wallace. And it turns out, shut your rolling eyes face. Um, <laughs> I'm going to let you get through it. It turns out Wallace is not only a fan of Monstrous Sea, he is like the number one fan. And I don't just use that as... <laughs> I don't just use that as a, I'm the number one fan. Wallace is like the lead uh, moderator, and um, he's one of one the of lead. the angels, right? Yeah, yeah. He's one of the lead. Uh, what what the hell am I talking about? Um, fan fanfic writers, and I knew it wasn't fan art. I couldn't think of what the word was. So he's one of the he's like the leading fanfic writer. And um, Wallace is new to the school. Eliza has actually never met uh, a fan in person. Um, And of course, they're going to fall in love because duh. Duh. (laughs) And um, the big fear is that what will happen when Wallace finds out the truth. Um, And there's some other weird things about Wallace. Like he doesn't talk so much of their conversation is written. It feels like selective mutism. It is selective mutism. And we'll talk more about like, why he's selectively mute, um, but it, both of the char- both Wallace and Eliza have pretty severe debilitating de- anxiety and depression, and somehow they find each other, and it's cute, and it's I, I like this. I like the cutesy love stories. It's like my jam, and I don't know what that says about me, but it's what I like. So, um, if you read the physical book. Um, there are uh, illustrations in it. I'm going to show if you're Beautiful illustrations. Um, here's one of them. And they are excerpts of the comic. And they're accompanied by text. Um, this one isn't. Which, but- if you listen to the audiobook, it switches narrators. So, so- I, I believe that the, in- the intention is that the text is actually supposed to be what Wallace is writing um, when he is writing the uh, the story down. 
And the reason I think that is because if, if you notice at the beginning of the book, the fan art, or I'm sorry, the art doesn't have text with it. Oh, well, I'm going to lie because there's one that does. Um, but I think that it's actually meant to be Wallace uh, telling the story in a novel form because she doesn't write. Chronological. Nope. I'm not going to fight with that word right now. Okay. Um, that's good. So anyway, that's what this is about. Um, and, uh, you know, should have hit it the faneth. Of so, course. Life. Right. So that's what the story's about. And I really like it. And I think you should buy it. Same. Same. We don't always hustle buying books, but it is a, the artwork's beautiful. The book's beautiful. Um, I would, this is definitely a book I suggest you add to your collection. I have a question about the artwork. Uh, maybe I didn't actually write this question down, but I, it is something I want to talk about. Nope, I do. Okay. okay so we'll talk about it later. Okay. Um, all right. So initial thoughts before we get into the questions. Um, few cliches in the very mm-hmm. beginning and it, it definitely made me on the fence instantly mm-hmm. she's the weird kid in school nobody talks yeah. to her yeah. um and then like it was very easy to predict that wallace was um one of the fucking angels oh what a shocker he was rainmaker it was just mm-hmm. there was a few things as a writer i'm like damn right. that's really predictable right um some of the the other things in the story that were that was less predictable. I like the storyline. Um, I like the alt ending more than the original ending. Me too. Me too. Um, I don't have a question about that, but we definitely. I'm gonna. We, I'm gonna we'll talk that about that at the end. I'm gonna put that um, on the list. But overall, it's a really good book. If I had to give it a rating, I would do four four stars, three and a half. I'll take it. Um, I'll um take it. closer My- to four, but. Um, I have, kids deserve more than traditional love cliches, right? Mm -hmm. And they're going to pick it out. I, I love it. I love the mixed media of this. Mm -hmm. I love the mixed media of this. And I think you're going to get, you get a different audience when you do mixed media, when you do the the comic ads. Yeah. I mean, my biggest issue with this, I rated it a 4.5 also. My biggest issue with this book was that like, I don't follow this kind of fandom. I mean, as much as I love the Hunger Games and Twilight, like they are, you know, my jam. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not immersed in the fandom. Like I don't follow forums and I don't like, I don't have time for that anymore. I don't write fanfic and I don't really care about fan art. And so like this particular book I mean, where fangirl, you didn't have to be immersed in that culture to like yeah. understand the story. This this, this one you kind of needed to be. And I'm I was also really not, surprised there's no fandom based off this now. Like there's no Eliza in the I did like, find some no, fan art. Like after you right, sent me one. Yes. Yeah. I, I Googled that. Um but But uh, Monster C is like null yeah. and void on the interwebs. Right. And um the other thing is, I don't really care for anime. Like, that's not really my jam. And, and that's I'm not the, either. That's Kids the, are, the style that she's... Big Girls likes it. Big um, Girls like it. But I'm sure I, that James will t- someday, too. He loves Pokemon, so... But um, that's not really my thing. But So that was my issue with the book, but I really loved the story. I like how she and Wallace find each other. They both have mental health issues, and... Um, somehow they are able to make it work. But I had a really hard time not pi- picturing her. There's like this comic. If I can figure out what the comic is called, because I can't think of it right now, I'll link it below. Um, but there's a comic. Uh, I follow her on Facebook. And she's got like crazy black hair. And she's always in like long sleeve sweater type things. That is Eliza to me. Like I can't picture the Eliza. I know exactly like, what you're talking about. She's Anxiety like really girl. Poor. Yes. Like, yes. And that to me is Eliza Merck. Like 100%. Anxiety um, girl, yeah. Um, I don't know if that's what she's called, but I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, and I also do not understand why Eliza a- ate so many eggs. Like, I'm not. I have a thing with eggs; they make I, I, me well, feel I, um, gross. So I don't. I don't get between the, the anxiety, her her specific food needs, her mm-hmm. lack of sleep. One, mm-hmm. it sounds like depression, but it sounds like she's on spectrum or neurotyp. Uh, she's not Divergent. neurotypical. Yeah, yeah, she she definitely has some sort of neurodivergence. I would agree with that. I would um, agree with that. And unfortunately, and we'll talk more about this later, her family doesn't really... Fuck them. Mm, Fuck those parents, man. Yeah. 
All right. So uh, jump to the questions. Yes, ma'am. All right. So Eliza creates an entire fandom, but suffers from pretty severe anxiety and depression. She won't allow herself to believe she is worthy to lead this fandom. So she hides her identity. Is it believable that someone with that caliber of celebrity would remain anonymous for so long? Yes. You think so? Yes. Look at freaking Banksy. And we didn't ha- see Sia's face for years, right? Like, well, we used, to, we used to see her face and now we don't see her face right, anymore. Right, but like the newer generation that didn't know who she was mm-hmm. thought of her as a mystery, right? We don't know who the mm-hmm. fuck Banksy is. Um, what's the hell, the guy with the marshmallow, right? Nobody knows who the DJ marshmallow is. Yeah. Like... And then they're, the da- Daft Punk when they have the, Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think um, there's writers that are ghost writers that were really popular in the 40s and 50s that never showed themselves. They're, right. I, I think now in our day and age, it's really hard to hide your identity in, yeah. especially in a virtual forum like that. Especially yeah. when people can hack and trace your IP right. and all that jazz. But um, it's possible. I'm, I guess I can see that part. I'm just more surprised that a teenager would want that. Like somebody that is like pouring themselves into their art to suffer for them to, to, to help with their depression and anxiety. Like I understand why she's doing that. But like I honestly think she did not think this it would go this far. Oh, I think Eliza – did this for herself mm-hmm. and then yeah. she met her two besties mm-hmm. and they started helping her along the way and mm-hmm. it just kept yeah. growing and growing and growing and growing and yeah. it got out of hand and she panicked right and she didn't want to turn it off because she knew very she started carrying the guilt of how much this yeah. meant to others but she needs but to finish she, it for the other people right? right but at the same time she has zero desire to do any of it mm-hmm. right so right. it it's, I mean, it um, doesn't sound like she's doing anything at school other than, like, drawing either. Like, it okay. doesn't sound like she's doing the things she's actually supposed to be doing. I got it. She's a reluctant celebrity. Look uh-huh. at Monica Lewinsky in the 90s. Reluctant celebrity. She was forced into celebrity fandom and forced in the light, even though she had zero desire to be in the light. But Monica Lewinsky wasn't... That's not comparable to Eliza Burke. She no, what what I'm saying Eliza is Eliza Burke it, isn't like giving BJ's to the president. No, like, I, I, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's not the same thing. I'm saying, but being a reluctant celebrity, Monica Lewinsky wanted to be in politics. She had mm-hmm. no intentions of becoming a household name. Mm-hmm. Eliza has no intentions of being a household name. Mm-hmm. But life changed that. But you do get the glimpses of her when she goes onto the forums as Lady Constellation. You get the glimpses of when she does like interacting with her fans. She I turns think, it on. Yeah. We I turn think, it on when we freaking mm, do this. Yeah. Miss April. that The Miss April persona that's not me at all. And it's, I mean, yeah. I, I don't do this all the time. I don't look like this mm-hmm. all the time. Right. Like. It's just, yeah. I'm not calling so, you celebrities by any means. I'm just saying. <laughs> We're big in Portugal. <laughs> and hopefully soon Australia. Oh, yeah. Right. I'll show you. Um, so speaking of, of Eliza's friends. Um, so Eliza has two internet friends. We didn't mention this in the um in the synopsis, but uh, do you find this dynamic believable? Because we have Emmy, the 14 year old genius, who's a college student. And then we've got Max, who's like an adult with like a real job. Mm-hmm. And somehow the three of them are like besties and have never met. And like, I don't understand this dynamic. Okay. So I think I can explain this because I found it believable because I found their bond believable, mm-hmm. but think about Remember in the late 90s, early 2000s, when everybody was in random chat rooms on MySpace and all that jazz, and everyone would be like, ASL, and everyone lied about it, and you made friends there? I did not have a computer until I was in college. Okay. So I do know what you're talking about, and I I did engage with that occasionally, but like, I was in college before I had my first computer, and then I was just basically on... Um, 
AIM, AOL AIM. Yeah. Um, and I had a MySpace, but I didn't friend people I didn't know. Did MySpace have chat rooms? Was that a back thing in the there? day, long ago? Or well, there's AOL chat rooms, right? Yeah, like, right. Um, but what I'm saying is, is like, so I'm again, I'm theorizing here because I did not write this. I'm assuming the three of them got into a chat one day because they were talking about a theory they saw or something. And then they just started bonding. And then they slowly started telling and sharing personal information. Well, Max is the person that like first pushes the fandom because he is the one that posts it on Reddit. They, they don't use the term Reddit. They call it something else. I can't think of what they call it. Hashtag not sponsored. uh, (laughs) But it's basically Reddit. Um, they just don't, I think they probably couldn't say Reddit. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. But I do find it like at one point, Max's girlfriend breaks up with him. Because he's so like, much on time. And he's. Cause masterminds. He's so, thank you, masterminds. Uh, maybe that's a real thing. I don't know. Um, but uh, he, she breaks up with him because he spends too much time online and to me, I would be, I would be with her. I would be on her side in that because like, well, it's not just, it's not just how much time he spends online. Like, okay, it's okay to engage in a fandom. It's okay to play games and things like that. Like his two best friends are an 18 year old and 14 year old girl. I find that problematic. Like, well, and I find that problematic. I, 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 I did find that mildly skeezy. Yeah. Um, but first, okay. Eliza. Never wanted to video chat, even though they both did. Or meet in I, person, which they right. both wanted to do, too. Um, I feel like if Eliza would have opened herself up a little bit more, his girlfriend would have saw that it's, like, platonic friendship, and, like, that would have eased out, but it was Eliza. I don't know that and, I agree with that, either. <laughs> I, think I find it Eliza's uncomfort, like, level made it un, unable for them to make, like... I don't know. I think Max is kind of a creeper. You think so? Mm. You don't. You just don't think a, a, a twenty-year-old man can just. He's be twenty-two. Friends? He's twenty-two, and his two best friends are an eighteen-year-old and fourteen-year-old girl. But he bonded with them before he knew they were eighteen and fourteen. I don't know. It's sketch to me. I mean. It, same thing happens he on Xbox ever, all the time. Okay, would ever, you be saying that, he doesn't like, ever he, say it, he doesn't ever say anything that's inappropriate? Like he's not no like, doing anything inappropriate. I just think it's weird. <laughs> but if it was a twenty-two-year-old dude, a fourteen-year-old boy, and a eighteen-year-old boy, and they played Xbox games together, and they played uh, World of Warcraft or whatever together, and they were buddies that way, would you find it weird? If the 18-year-old was still in high school, yes. Including the 14-year-old at all makes it weird. Mm. I Unless I, they're I, brothers. I can... Like, at 22, I was teaching high school. Right. So, like, essentially what's happening in here is he is friends with people who are my student's age. Like, right. You know what I mean? And that, to me... I, I just... I don't know. I feel like... You can have like friendships it. as long as everything's above deck. I mean, Eliza's parents knew she was talking to them. And I'm assuming the 14-year-old's parents knew, too. Who who knows what her parents do? She was way at I just, I don't know. At 14. Like, She's smart enough to know about stranger feels like danger. A bad idea. Feels like a bad idea. I think we're just going to agree to disagree on this. Okay. Well, am I saying it was right? No. Am I saying internet grooming is right? Absolutely not. I think there's creepers out there, but I don't think he had bad intentions. I almost can, I can concede the point because in some ways I feel like Max didn't have social skills either. No, I honestly do not think he had impure intentions at all. Well, I honestly, he never said anything inappropriate. He never tried to like do anything. No. And it wasn't like weird. I just think it's weird. I mean, we're all weird. No. <laughs> Next question. All right, moving on. All right, so let's talk about Wallace. When we first meet him, we learn that he doesn't speak. He has yes. selective mutism. They never call it that, but that's what it is. It's definitely uh, selective mutism. Yeah, at least not in a crowd. He doesn't speak, and but we also learn that he is almost as famous as Liza herself in the fandom, which you find me interesting. <laughs> It's like a girl 
argues with a boy in an elevator. They go on the fir- same first floor. And guess what? The boy's her new boss. What is she going to do? Mm. I, I thought you were describing the beginning of the wedding date. And I was like, no. Molly, that's for February. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just literally pulling up a random conversation. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, I agree. It is cliche. He could have been a part of the fandom without being like, the dominant rainmaker yeah right right he didn't need to be like the dominating part of the family right but but i think their relationship is really cute um yes. I, I like how they i like how she is sensitive to the fact that he doesn't want to talk and he's she's like cool i don't want to fucking talk either yeah. awesome yeah. i think their relationship is super cute um i love when he when he when he asks her if he can kiss her, yeah, and, and he's too nervous to even like ask her, so he like ask her for paper so he can write it down. That was cute. It was so cute. Like the innocence of their relationship is, I think, what my favorite part of this book is. Like mm-hmm. it's it's young love. It's first well, love. And they're it's- both very. They're both anxiety driven, right? Like that's how they yeah. function. So right, it right it, right. Trying to navigate relationships in an anxiety-driven body is exhausting. Right. Right. And it doesn't seem like, as we continue in the book, it doesn't seem like really either one of them has that support at home to, like, Uh to, like, move past that or to work on their anxiety like not move past it i have an anxiety disorder i'm never getting over that anxiety disorder but right i can i can work on it you know what are you doing my lights went off it's bothering me i'm sorry i'm trying to multitask you are so damn distracting i have i'm sorry uh, i got my fidget cube i'm gonna sit here and be quiet i'm gonna get you a pop it next so you can No, just... those things bother me the silicone <laughs> texture is weird okay well fair enough um so i oh my gosh i just fucking lost my train of thought so we're talking about wallace talking about wallace um and wallace isn't just rainmaker wallace he's one of the angels right which is like character they've named themselves after characters in the book and then he's not just one of the angels like they're all friends they're all all local they're all local and just get together and fucking whatever I agree with that one. I'm giving fucking them whatever. Power. Magically, they all live in the same fucking state. Are they, you kidding me? Well, they don't all live in the same state. Two of them do not live there. <laughs> Two of them like semantics. Semantics. But it is pretty weird that like three of the five all fucking live together and two of them are related and two of them went to the same school. Like it is weird. Like it's kind of unbelievable. Um, but I do want to go to that Halloween party that sounded like a blast. Oh my gosh. It reminded me of like the Big Bang Theory Halloween yes! party. Yes! That's exactly what I was picturing. All these which, nerds in little costumes. And which we started we started re-binging the series from the beginning again. Uh, I fucking love Big Bang Theory. Um, but yeah, so Wallace... Kaylee uh, Coco is one of my favorites. I've loved her since back in the day. <laughs> I She's okay. I, I like Maya, I like Maya Bialik a lot, and I, um, I, I think the show really got better after Amy joined. But this is off topic, Molly. What the fuck? In our new podcast, Big Bang Theory and <laughs> Molly in April, not sponsored, um, <laughs> <laughs> unless HBO's Max wants to hit us up. We can also help not also not sponsored. Um, all right, so let's move on. Um, what did you think of their relationship? That's actually my next question, but it's part of it. Like, what did you think of their relationship? I like how slow they both went, mm-hmm. especially as we get to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how Wallace opened up to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wallace opened up to her. Right. But I mean, in her defense, like, if I told you one day that I'm like this famous author and I've been using a pen name, you're going to laugh at me because you've known me for years. You're going to laugh at me and be like, Molly, I have known you for 10 years. You're fucking just telling me this now? Bullshit. But it's very Hannah Montana. It Did is. You? Okay. So like Eliza's obviously like she has two, she's, she has the best of both worlds. <laughs> that joke 
<laughs> Fuck you. Um, and, no, perfectly timed. And uh, um, she's, she, like, Hannah Montana doesn't want her friends to know who she really is because she wants them to know Miley. Like, they, they right. she wants them to, to love her. Uh, Eliza doesn't love any parts of herself, so she doesn't know how to get people to love her. But So she made up a fake world where everybody loves her. Right. But I think, but I think, I think she should have told Wallace. I mean, the way, the way he ends up finding out is just inexcusable. Especially I'm after. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on Team Eliza here for a second about this. Wallace made that shit about him. She was spiraling. Her world was collapsing. Right. And he fucking made it about himself. No, I, I oh, agree shit. with you that. I agree with you on that. But he d- also deserved to know. I'm still mad. I'm going to be mad forever about that. He definitely deserved to know. But mm-hmm. in that moment when she was struggling and she was in depression and she was hurting, he turned it around and made it about himself. And that yeah. was selfish. She straight up had an anxiety. He had nothing. Ooh, right. Really? But right. then it turned around to be about him because he got an offer to write a book. Yeah, that was really shitty. That was super shitty of him. That was really shitty. That was not being a good friend, a good boyfriend, or a good fan. Like, you weren't no. any of those things. You were, that was you really were, shitty. You failed on right. all four surfaces. Like right. 100%. Um, right. But I like how they bounced back. I, mm-hmm. I, I like how they, you know... Um, you know, they were together in the end. I like all that. Yeah. Uh, it just, I, I love how in the end when he's like video chatting with her in his dorm room and his roommates like, you are, your girlfriend made monstrous see. <laughs> and then like invites in the whole hall and it's okay then. Like, it's okay. Right, because cool with it. yeah. it's just, I don't know. It shows me, it makes me un- not want to trust him mm-hmm. because if, this is one of her most severe anxiety-ridden times mm-hmm. in her life. How is he going to act when other crisis comes up? To his defense, because I agree with you, but to his defense, he did share with her something that was deeply personal that he had. Right, and she definitely like, could have. She had. A- he didn't even tell his stepmom. He didn't right. even tell his stepmom who's been raising him. So while we're on right. there, sidetrack. Um, this book from the beginning talks about this curve in the small town and how many people die going over this curve. And the newspaper article that Eliza reads on the anniversary of this mm-hmm. mentions a boy and his son. Right. A, a man and his son. Jeez. Right. And we later find out that that actually is Wallace and his right. dad. Um, and so when he dec- disclosed that to her, I'm not saying that she should have immediately been like, okay, but also I'm Lady Constellation. Right. I, don't think, I don't think that was the time to make that about her. Around that time frame, she should have been like, look, since we're being honest and sharing right. our truths, this is right. my truth. And right. I don't want to tell a lot of fucking people about right. it, but right. I want to tell you because I love and care about you. Right. However, he did just give her like massive news. I like. And I do understand why she wasn't ready to do that because knowing the fact that he's friends with all of the angels, what is it that? Could have spread do? like Waller fire. Yeah, right. and what I if- mean, he he kind of for kind of pressured her into sharing the quote unquote fan art that she had made, which wasn't fan mm-hmm. art since she's actually the creator. So yeah. I I can I can see both sides of it. I just don't think he should have found out the way he did. Yeah, uh, it was not that was not okay. But he definitely one hundred percent. Should not have made that about him. Yeah, no. listen, listen here, mm-hmm. all of all of our listeners, male, female, I don't care. If your partner is going through something, uh-huh. it is not the time to fucking make it about you. It yeah. is fucking not about the time to make it about you. Right. Period. Bottom line. Put that on a fucking stamp. Mail it. Yeah. If anyone's watching us on YouTube, my nose ring just popped out. So if you saw. <laughs> I promise you, I am not picking my nose. I have a nose ring, and it popped out. Um, Anyways, moving on. It needs to be. Um, uh, Since we're talking about her relationships, can we talk about the dog for a second? Oh my gosh, I love that dog, Davey. Okay, um, you don't see this a lot in books. Mm -hmm. You don't see... When we talk about dogs in books, they're either like the massive main character or they're kind of part of the story. Mm-hmm. This dog is like her emotional support blanket. Like 100%. And 
I love how, oh, there goes my pen. I love, I am all over the place. I'm sorry. I love how this author integrated her love, this love story between her and the dog. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, um, right. it was one of my favorite parts of this book. And I like that uh, it, she ends up making a character named off of her him. dog. And if you, if you look at the way the drawing is, he sort of looks like how I, I mean, he does look a like puppy? a dog. Yes. Yes. Dog, so. Yeah. So I think that's really cute. Um, and it's proof that here's the truth. I know emotional support animals are real. Uh-huh. I have quite a few friends that actually have emotional support animals. Um, and, and the thing is that dogs, that's just their nature. Like when right. I come home from work, if I've had a bad day, Bailey won't leave my side. She's yeah. just, she's not a therapy dog. She just knows mommy had a bad day and mommy needs some snuggles right now. Um, um, Rocco dogs, has. Dogs feel things fiercely. Right. Um, Rocco, I've had that dog forever. He mm-hmm. has been with me. A long time. A long time since fucking Maryland, since mm-hmm. I was stationed in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started getting sick, he noticed before everybody else did. Mm-hmm. Um, he, when I have flare ups, he satellites me. Mm-hmm. And if Matt's home, he will bark at Matt if I'm moving without like mm-hmm. assistance because of how bad the flare ups are. He mm-hmm. will literally bark his face off until Matt acknowledges Rocco. So, I mean, Rocco has zero training. He -hmm. just senses the inflammation in my body and the pain I'm in. And he's just like, hey, fucker, dad, pay attention to mom. She's moving. And if she falls, it's on you, not me, because I am 10 pounds. (laughs) Rocco's a little man right now. (laughs) He's old. I think Papillon's live forever. So, yeah, we've talked about him on the pod before. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about finding out that uh, Wallace's dad wasn't just somebody that went over the cliff, but he killed himself? That was devastating. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, he did it in front of Wallace. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it explains a lot about Wallace's behavior and mm-hmm. what's going on and how he's managing things. Wallace should have definitely been in therapy. Mm. He definitely should have told a grown up. His stepmom should have put him in therapy after the father died anyway, either way, right, because he right, was there. Right, right. And um, I don't understand why they had to have known that he wasn't talking because we do learn that he talks at home. Right. But they had to have known that he wasn't talking at school because that was part of the reason why he changed schools. Right. Is because everybody like he went from being the popular kid, one of the popular kids to just being ignored. Right. Um, it just, I don't know. It just, yeah. it it's hard. It is super hard. And they and, never really explained the timeline of like when his dad died versus it, when V got remarried. Right. And his dad obviously had severe depression. Severe. Severe depression. Severe depression. Um, Like, it's a lot that happens around Christmas between that mm-hmm. and... Her, like, losing herself mm-hmm. and not even knowing it's Christmas. And then, right. like, the stepdad yelling him uh, at him in Chapter 21. Yeah, telling him he needed to go to school, college for something that would make him money. I've had that conversation. Mm-hmm. When I enrolled in SNHU and I told family members that it was going to be a creative writing degree, mm-hmm. I was told by very near family members telling me it was wasting my GI Bill. Because I can't make a career on being a creative writing major. Well, even if you, even if you were never published, which I, I'm, I'm still holding out hope that you will be. I mean, your writing is good. But even Thank if you, you never, I really appreciate that. Even if you were never pu- published, having a college degree, having the experience of going to college, um, it's important. I don't think right. college is for everybody. And no, like, like for it you took and, me for you and Tom, ten plus years to get right. there. Right. And and Tom was the same way. Like he enrolled uh, freshman year right after high school um, and dropped out after freshman year and joined the Coast Guard. Like he didn't know what he wanted to do with himself. I went to one class. I went to one class and I was like, no, fuck this shit. I need to do something other else. I'm not ready for this. And now Tom has a master's degree. And like, let's be honest, I started college at 18. I was going to be a journalist. I was going to live in New York City. I was going to write for it 
for a really amazing paper or magazine. I was going to be the shit. I was going to be an amazing journalist and everyone was going to read my byline. I lasted half a semester, half a semester as a journalism major before I was like, you know what? This is not the life that I want to lead. Boring. (laughs) All the journalists, all journalism jobs are really hard to come by because like early 2000s when everybody was like, all the papers were folding and things because online was happening. Internet, yeah. Right. And so like- I think about that now. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't survive as a journalist now. the 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 profession of journalism is very one sided. You either join a liberal news media or you join a conservative news media. There's nothing in between. There's nothing in between. And what I liked was the freedom to like <sighs> have a non biased line. Right. Yeah. I, I hate that. So, um, and here I am. I'm a librarian. Librarian right. was never on my fucking radar. And oh, see, I wish I could. I, I really wish I knew you back then. I would have loved to see this transition because I feel like it fits your personality. Yeah. To a T. And yeah. I mean that in the best ways. I, well, I, the only reason I switched my major to language arts education was so I wouldn't lose credits, which was silly to think about would only had finished half a semester, but whatever. That's wild. Uh, um, but I switched to that because I was like, I could still do journalism and maybe I'll be a journalism teacher. And then I was a journalism teacher. And then in 2008, I told my therapist, I was thinking about going back and getting my master's degree. And she was like, well, what do you think you're getting it in? Um, and I was like, um, I think I want to be a librarian. And she's like, that's an interesting move for you. Why do you want to do that? I was like, I really love books. And I, I like sharing, like, I think when people think to go to be a librarian that like that's all you do is talk about books with people, which is true. I mean, a lot of my job is supposed to be talking Mm -hmm. about books with people, but being in the public library, it's, it's service. It's public service, which I love being in a school library. It's, you know, being a teacher. Um, But really being a librarian is about um, advocating for book for me as a, as a children's librarian, it's about, advocating for books that where kids can see themselves. Yes. And um, so that's what made the transition. So in 2009, I started my master's program and I met Tom shortly after I started that program. And he, the, one of the first things he said to me on our first date was like, you need a master's degree to put books on the shelf. And I was like, that's not what we do. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, it it's does sound like a lot of work to work at a public library when you can volunteer and do it for free. <laughs> yes, but you can't be a librarian. I know. I, I know you don't get the title. When, when I, people when people would come up to me after story time and be like, "Hey, can I volunteer to lead story time?" No, <laughs> no. That's not how I, any of this works. I literally have a master's degree in reading to kids. Like, no, <laughs> you can't do it. I have zero desires to do that. I <laughs> I love books, but I really hate people. <laughs> yeah, it's thirty minute chunks of me having to be an extrovert, and then it's not. We are way off the rails, right? But what your point is is nobody knows who they are at eighteen. Yeah, and I am. Um, I'm going to go down the rabbit hole here for a second about this, actually. Um, I joined the military at 22. Mm -hmm. I floated for a while. Uh, I thought the Coast Guard, when I found the Coast Guard, that it was it. I found my place. I found my people. Mm. Then life changed, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But now, I advocate military for my friends' children that don't Mm -hmm. know what they want to do out of high school. Yeah, absolutely. It really upsets parents. They think I'm advocating for their kid to go to war. And I'm saying, and I'm going to tell you this, listener, viewer, look me in the eyes here. We're going to, we're going to have a minute for you, okay? Um, I need you to close your eyes if you're listening on the pod. <laughs> go down this road with me, friends. Okay. Come on a journey. Come on a journey. There is something about the military experience besides war. Mm-hmm. You learn discipline. You learn independence. You mm-hmm. learn yourself mm-hmm. in a way and in a community of other people that feel lost in that moment. Mm-hmm. And taking those four years, six years, however long you decide to be in, you find yourself. Right. And that is the most important thing. Listen to me. It is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be for you. But mm-hmm. when you're done with those four years, you get money to go to school, you get mm-hmm. access to healthcare, you get access right. to a, a 
myriad of different things. We bought our house because on a, a VA loan mm-hmm. with zero down. There are things that help you along the way the rest of your life because right. of that one right. choice. Mm-hmm. It may sound scary mm-hmm. and you may just hear one thing, but there is so much more to offer than just war when it comes to military service. Right. And right. that includes National Guard, like um, the Texas Guard, whatever your local community Army Guard is, mm-hmm. uh, reserves in the Coast Guard, Air Force, Navy. Hell, they're signing Space Force reserves up now. Yeah. Yeah. It is an experience that helps shape kids. Right. I'm done now. I'm done with my tirade. Let's go back to the book. So we're reading Eliza and her monsters. Um, In case anyone forgot. We're on the topic of parents anyway. So let's talk about Eliza's parents because oh, I have a lot of issues with them. I have a lot. They're awful human trash garbage people. Um, so her parents are like super fit and they're into sports and her brothers are into sports and super fit. Um, it seems like they met in high school and were like popular in high school. BFFs and MFEO yeah. and all that jazz. Yeah. They don't understand Eliza. And I think it's okay to not understand, understand your kid. There are definitely times I don't understand either one of my kids, but you know what I do as their mom? Listen, I fucking listen to them and talk to them and talk and- to them. And, and pretend to pay attention because sometimes they just fucking ramble and tell a story for 25 minutes. It doesn't matter. Just pretend. Yeah. I don't give a shit about Mario or Mario villains or the fact that this was actually interesting. Bowser wasn't supposed to be a turtle. He was supposed to be a hippo. I found that out today. Um, which Did you changed- know Keepers of the Lost City has been going on for a decade or more and my children will never stop talking about those fucking books? I don't know what that is. But it's a I book series. They're on 8.5. I don't care about Mario, but James cares about Mario. So I sit and listen to him talk to me about Mario. I don't care about fucking YouTube videos. There's this, I'm not going to name the YouTuber because I don't want to call people out like that, but Sam has a YouTuber that he follows and the stuff they do is so stupid and like, I don't give a shit about it, but he loves it. So those are the things I talk to them about because it doesn't matter to me. It's about investing in your kids. And right. her parents are terrible to like, her. Okay. Uh, let's just, can we dive into the fact that once they learned she was making money, mm-hmm. they made her go and see, get a bank account and An go to the accountant. And then they told her she had to manage on her own and let go of it. And your child is making thousands of dollars a day and you're yeah. fucking not paying attention? They didn't even know. They knew she had that she was making a very small amount of money. She's making at the point that we're reading this book, she's making enough money to pay her way through college. Minimally. Like, she had like outright cash to pay, you know, whatever it's gonna be. And her accountant's like investing it for her and yeah. like, like and like she's got more money than her parents. Like they're, she's not they're not checking the website to see like what the progress is or how popular it is they're, they're not, not paying asking attention they're not asking her what she's drawing or what characters well she's not they're not asking her any of that stuff they it's, have instead they just keep trying to put her in sports like they want to mold her to who they are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um and what they our really children are been- us as mm-hmm. much as my oldest looks mm-hmm. just like me she she's not so me good. She look, I mean, just like me. She's got Matt's feet. But mm. she is my carbon copy. Yeah. Copy-paste. Copy-paste. And then I'm my mother's copy-paste. Mm. And my mother was her mother's copy-paste. It's a whole thing. Uh, however. This is my copy-paste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, however. Does that mean I'm... My kid and I are the same person? Absolutely fucking. Your kid is like a science geek. She is so... Is gonna go to space. She, like, she's, she's not a library... Like She's going to have a library on Mars named after her. April. Mm. A library in Mars. Mm. The Piper Addison Biggs Library. Mm. <laughs> well, James wants to go to Mars with her. So. And every he time I mention. <laughs> every time I, I mention that, that Piper wants to go and James wants to go, Tom's like, they're not allowed to have grandkids on Mars. And I was like, Piper is like a lot older, four years older than him. Right. Is she 12? Is that right? She's almost 13. Yeah. 
and James is eight. Like, he'll be nine in March. Like, I'm like, <laughs> that's a big difference. <laughs> she can mentor him. She'll be out of the, the flight program by the time he gets into the flight program. <laughs> Um, well, anyway, I really have a big issue with her parents. Like, I, I just I, don't think. And what I find to be really interesting, because if you haven't read the book, here's the big spoiler for you. Um, her parents end up trying to embrace her art by revealing. After forcing her on this stupid camping trip and, like, mm, yeah, all this other shit happens. They basically reveal her identity in the local paper because in the graduation announcement, they say they're really proud of her and the creation of Monstrous Sea. They have no concept of how big it is. Like, literally, her homeroom teacher has a tattoo of Monstrous Sea on her arm. I literally pause the audiobook and go, they did not. They did not just do that. They did not just do that. And she also texted me. <laughs> yeah. Just so we're clear. Um, and, I definitely and of course, a lot. And of course, that's how Wallace finds out, which is horrible that that's how he finds out. But, um, but I just think to myself, you didn't try. Her parents didn't try. No. All they literally had to do was Google Monster C. That's literally all they had to do. Well, and, and then she's like literally imploding, right? Mm-hmm. She has the fainting spell. Mm-hmm. She goes to the hospital. The parents mm-hmm. let her stay home. And her yeah. mom and dad are like baffled on why this is all going on. And her brothers lose their shit. Yeah. And they go into her room and they're like, you tell them or we're going to. And she's like, I, I really. Can't. I really I loved can't. her brothers in that moment. I loved I, how they were like mad at her parents. Like, why didn't you try to figure out goes, what? Like, and he literally goes to the computer and turns it on. And he goes, "If you were paying attention for a single second, mm-hmm. you would have known what was going on." Right. And like, right. And I just loved them. And like, we right. learn like they also have their own private interests, and they're just trying to get along. Like, you know, they're just. Mm-hmm. They're not well, swimming upstream like right. she is. Well, we learn more about them as the book goes on when Eliza starts including more, them more in her life. But like one of them's into musical theater. And, and like get, that's, yeah. that's not something that her parents are into. But like they're finding their own people. And like to me that's really being a self-absorbed parent that you're not invested. Like I'm not blaming parents that have kids that do things that like they didn't know right. that so, they were yeah. doing that, you know. But, like, be invested in your kids enough to know what their interests are. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not hard for me because Jane's interest right now is Mario. Like, he's gravitated to that. And, like, he's all autism brain all over top of it. Like, we know facts upon facts upon facts. Um, but with, you know, with Sam, he's still finding his way and some of, you know, whatever. But he's but, little. Right. But, like, how do you not know? How do you not know? How, how do you not, you know that your daughter has created Monstrous C. You know that she was making a little bit of money on it. How do you not, like, maybe once a week Google that shit? Like, how do you not just, like, check in? Like, hey. Okay, it goes back to what I always say. If you don't say, fuck them kids, they annoy the shit out of you, they do not, you're not spending enough time with those children. Right. If you go, oh, I love my kids, they don't ever annoy me, you don't spend enough time with them. Mm-mm. Your kids have to annoy you. That is yeah. how you know you love them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Girls, I love you dearly. Now turn the podcast off because mommy cusses a lot. <laughs> like they don't fucking know that. They fucking know that you cuss a lot. I actually told Tom yesterday, I, we were watching the old 1960s Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh-huh. With the, 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 the claymation, claymation one. Yeah. And I was like, this fucking doesn't make any sense. Why is Santa fucking bullying Rudolph? And Sam's sitting next to me. James wasn't there because he was doing something else. But I'm like, why the fuck is Santa bullying a reindeer? And I was like, I really cuss too much. I should really rein this in. He goes, it's Molly's fault. And I was like, probably. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> it's probably I mean, Molly's fault. <laughs> I mean, it's not surprising. <laughs> All right. Pam so- had a role. You blame the person that's not there. I'm not there. 
But you might not physically be here, but you're always fucking here. Like, I text I mean, you more than anybody else ever. Same, girl. <laughs> like, same. Like, didn't Matt say the other day, or you texted April, and you're like, yes, until we die or the pod ends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, until one of us dies or the pod ends. He goes, are you texting with April? And I go, yes, until one of us dies or the pod's over. It's true. <laughs> Anytime I'm texting and laughing, he goes, Molly or Molly and Katie? <laughs> and like, it's both. It's both. It's both. It's always both. It's always both. It's always both. All right. So I want to talk about the artwork for a little bit. Um, Please. Like this kind of the style of artwork anime is not really my thing. So I guess like, I guess I have a question because like, I guess I just don't understand it enough. Do you feel like the illustrations that are included in here are like good enough that it would have like spawned this fandom? Okay. So I I don't think they're that great. Like I feel like anybody could do that. I have a theory. Uh Uh-huh. I think the illustrations we're seeing in this book are from the sketch pad. Oh. Her idea bubbles. We don't see the stuff that goes Actually, online. Well, what about the one that's like... Um, what page? Um, I don't know. I gotta find it. Because there's one that's like... Looks like... Sev- yeah, like this one. Um, page 47. Where it's like several panels. You don't think that that's like actually from the publish? You think that's a sketchbook? Because that looks like pretty finished. It looks pretty finished, but it looks like, okay, look at the bottom and like that little sea creature. Yeah. That's unfinished. You see? That is an unfinished scape. Okay. We are seeing, we are getting it in many different variations. I mean, I might be able to like, get on board if this isn't her final product because I'm like, honestly, I, I when think I, it's not the final product. Like, I think where's the think one like where the chick with the sword three- is? You think like this, like 384 and 385, like this is the final product? 384, let me get there. This is like the extra stuff that was added in. Yes, I think that's the finalized stuff. Those are finalized, okay. Um, And then where's the because, one with the Because Wallace the was talking about how close her fan art is to Lady Constellation. And like she's not- 188? 188 looks like a finalized picture. It's just not colorized, right? Um, um, but, but Wallace is talking about how... Okay, how hers is the closest to any of them that he's ever seen, like, until actually being... And I'm like, I don't understand why people couldn't just, like, like draw that. 139. Okay. That's that a sketching. Nice? 139 is a sketching, and it's the one with the dog, Davy, right? It's half finished. That looks like somebody sketched that into my page, you know? I love that picture. That's one I of my too. favorite from the book. Let me hold it up for the... Yeah, that's one of my favorites. favorite from the books. But it is um, okay. Um, I can get on board with that because I just didn't think the artwork was like that. Great. I feel like I think we're getting different phases of it. That's that's me who can't draw. I can draw to save my life. We're lucky I can draw a box. Like I can draw a box and um, a ladybug. I can't. I can do a bunny like you looking in the back of the bunny's booty, like sitting <laughs> in grass. You were never I, taught that the three humps. No, but I will tell you that I had to draw a hippo for something. And I, hippos. I do. I, that's why I had to draw a favorite animal. And I watched a YouTube video. <laughs> How to draw a hippo. <laughs> I would have literally I, pulled it up on my screen and just started I, sketching. I can't draw to save my life. Um, okay. Um, did, you, uh, did you have a favorite line from the book? I have a favorite line. Um, I think... I like the one that is like the main quote from the show. From there the are book. monsters in the sea. There are monsters in the sea because it's very mm-hmm. metaphorical. Mm-hmm. There it are is. monsters in the sea. Right? And the one, and my favorite quote relates to that, in my opinion. This is okay. page eighty-eight. Okay. There is a small monster in my brain that controls my doubt. Yes, and if that line isn't fucking April, I don't know what is. Yes. There's a there small monster in my brain that controls my doubt. Yeah. And it's accurate. It's accurate. All right. So all ending versus ending ending. So the ending ending kind of just, oh, it's a happy, he's at college. Oh, look, he's she's, in college. And she's, she's taking home. a year off. And sabbatical um, and taking care of herself. And mm-hmm. it's just, it feels like a throwaway ending. I like the all ending better. Yeah, me too. And the all ending, they have, a, they go to a Comic-Con. I love it. I love it. And like, she's like, she's still can't believe she's one of the like important people. Right. And, and because, because he, Wallace as Rainmaker is publishing 
uh, novelization mm-hmm. of Monstrous Sea, right. um, they go together and they're both, inter- which is a little cliche, but I liked it anyway. <laughs> I also loved in the end, um, the group chat between E, Max, and when they're first meet uh-huh. uh, Wallace mm-hmm. and like, he's like, oh my God. <laughs> she. Uh, that is me as a best friend. I am going to be peppering your new boyfriend with questions. And Max's job is to be the one that's like, you break her, I will kill you. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like the alternate ending better as well. Um, um, I liked the ending, the original ending in the audiobook. And then mm-hmm. you told me to go read the alt mm-hmm. ending. And I was like, fuck that ending. Give me the yeah. alt ending. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I didn't realize that the audiobook didn't have the alt ending, so I'm really glad you. Ha- I'm glad I told you to get a hard copy because you needed yeah. to see the artwork anyway. Um. Yeah. Well, any final thoughts? I'm not sure if I missed anything. Any um, final thoughts? In the prologue, I mm-hmm. love Eliza's rant about her name. Like this whole tirade about her name and mm-hmm. Eliza Merck is a creepy girl who clings to her ex-boyfriend for weeks after he dumps her. Like, Eliza Merck, I feel like her parents thought she was going to be this spectacular athlete like them. And Mm -hmm. Eliza Merck was a name that you were going to hear on the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And they were definitely planning for a different kid. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, she's famous. This is not the kind of famous they planned for. Right. So, and I think that's like... Her beef with it, right? She feels like her parents named her a name that was expected for something other than what she was. Yeah. So, right. um, I like it. I'm sad. I, again, I wish this fandom was real. Yeah. Oh, you know, we didn't talk about this. We're at an hour, so I don't think we need to dive too much in it. But I did want to say, uh, within the book, Eliza is a fan of this children Teen of- show. No, well, oh, yeah, not the, the book t- series. The book series. Children of, um, is it Hypnos? Is that what it is? Something like that, yeah. And if you- Hypno. Children of Hypno, maybe? I think it's Hypnos. But um, Francesca uh, Zappini did write the Children of Hypnos. Like, there is an, um, I think you can, there's like a Kickstarter for it or something. If you yeah. go on Goodreads, she posts about it. Um, you can buy like a PDF copy of it. Uh, so the book exists, um, but it sort of reminded me of the magicians. Like there's a book series. Children that, of Hypnos. Yes. Hypnos. But like the magician series, like there's a book series that doesn't really exist. That's sort of like mm-hmm. um, uh, Lion, the Witch and Wardrobe series. Uh, it's sort of like that. There's a series that it doesn't really exist in the mm-hmm. real world. And Eliza's a fan of it. Um, so anyway, I, I did want to give a nod. If you like this book, she did write those That's books. That's not the fan art. That's not the book I want her to write. Um, I did like the Monster C. Oh, I yeah. want Monster C. Yeah, um, me too. Me too. Um, I do like how she wrote her and she was like, help. Like, I, I, I you ran away. Do I run away? Like, what do I do? <laughs> Right, right. People at my house, man, and like they won't leave me alone. Right. It was Help. very, it was very cliche that that happened, though, and even it more was. cliche that she wrote her back. Right. But it was just like, who writes a, a fan mail and like actually thinks they're gonna get it? Yeah, especially mm-hmm. someone that's a recluse, like right. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. All right. Well, so next I, week, I think that's uh, yeah, that's it for this one. So next week, what do we got coming up? City of Girls. City of Girls. And this is a, this will be our last episode of for season one. The season one. We made it six months, Molly. I know. I'm tired. Aren't you? Um, in January, we are going to have a guest. I think, can we just say who we're going to be? Okay. Let's, um, let's just say it. Let's talk so, about it. So, so Molly has a friend. His name is Isaac. And uh, he- You mean Mr. Gordon. I worked with Isaac Gordon in the Coast Guard for years. He was- one of my superior officers when I worked well, at the sector. I'm going to call him Isaac because he wasn't my superior He's officer. Isaac now. I just but have to fucking get over Isaac myself. has his own podcast called Master, Master of, None, of None. And you'll start seeing some social media posts coming from us promoting his podcast. His um, podcast actually has... I put like, it in the notes for this one too. Okay. Yeah, his podcast has a pretty 
large following. And it's a different ghost than us. Like yeah, this he is not running a book podcast. His podcast no. is like fixing things and like very like he built his own house. He does survivalistic yeah, stuff. He, like it's not, he, he 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 hunts. It's not what we're he doing. Does, he does not all what the we're things. Doing. He is literally a master doing. of none and a master right. of all at the same right, time. Right. He is very so, talented. So he's agreed to he picked a book for us and we picked a book for him. And we're kicking off season two in January with these two books. Um the first book we're gonna read is Ready Player One, which I do not have Don't a copy have of here. because I have a an ebook copy. And then his pick was uh Starship Troopers. And so that will be our second book. Um, and we're going to kick it off with him. You can listen to the podcast on his platform and we, ours. Yeah, we will dual release right, on both. Right. right. So, um, and we're very excited to do this. Excited to work with Isaac. Um, he will be hosting uh, the second episode. We, he will host April, Starship Troopers. Right. right. And April will be our host for Ready Player One. Right. Correct. I'm just going to be our witty banter. Yeah. And then there will be one more episode in January. And then in February, just a big two months out preview. We are doing romance novels, which is good for my brain right now because that's all I want to read. I recently reread for the third time this year, Red, White, and Royal Blue. There is something wrong with me. No, it's a beautiful book. It's a great book. Um, I think that's it. (laughs) I have nothing else. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was Eliza and Her Monsters by Francesca Zappia. Your Book Besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins. And music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow the Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255.